It tastes like shit. I guess we... Oh, well, you got now. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Agitator. Episode... Man... 100, what episode are we on now? 56? Yeah, 156, yeah. 156.0. We're here with David Simmons and Daryl Moore, the Tattoo Doctor, at Tattoo Doctor on Instagram. We're here to talk about uh, 1988's Akira. It's a little-known film. Don't know if you might have heard of it, but we're going to school y'all about it. Directed by Katsuhiro Otomo, and we wanted to bring we wanted to bring David Simmons on for this one because he just dropped a book, Ghost of East Baltimore, that is wild and crazy, a lot like how Akira is wild and crazy. You need to know about both of these works of art. So here we are. How's everybody I- doing? I'm good. I got my copy of Ghost of East Baltimore yesterday, and that shit got me so hyped. No, two days ago, Friday, I was holding it in my hands. The colors pop so good on that cover. The interior looks clean, thanks to yours truly. And it just, it's like, we're back. We're back now. I'm sure I'll get the same feeling when I get my copy of uh, Black Gypsies in the mail. But yeah, it feels good, man. I'm feeling really good. Broken River is back. Broken River is back. Yeah, man. It was. I was really excited to get my my author copy right. When my bro came through, he's like, "Where's my copy?" And yo, it's crazy. Like, people have ordered their copies and gotten their copies, but like the copies that I bought, ordered for myself to sell, they ain't even arrived yet. So all I got, yeah, that's how it be, that's right? How I be, I know. That's how you know it's official. Yeah, man. man. <laughs> so it, people pick posting pictures online of themselves with like copies, and I got the not for resale one. Can't even get my bro a signed copy. Shit, wow. But broken river shit. So you know, it's still happening. Yeah, they they want the they want the readers to get top priority first. You know, but it's like, I mean, I'm trying to you're trying to give them to other readers too. You feel? Amazon doesn't give a fuck about us. They don't care. They don't care. No, no. <laughs> They're like, what else are you going to do? Where else are you going to go? And you know what? That's a fair point. Facts. All the facts. Just to, to get to know our new guest a little bit, can you tell us a bit about yourself? That's you, bro. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, Talk to him, man. That's what yeah. it is, man. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Um. This right here, this this Daryl. Um, everybody knows me around around the way as infrareds. I do a little, I do a little bit of everything. Um, you know, I'm a tattoo artist. I do music. I own a couple of tattoo shops in the um, in the DC area. And yeah, man, um, it's crazy that that you know uh, my bro had talked to me about doing this because I've I've been in the anime for a long time. You know, a lot. You know. Uh, before a lot of people were really into anime so doing this man you know you, you guys got me really excited um some of my tattoos on my arms are anime so 
you know, I, I'm just excited to be here, man. I definitely appreciate you guys inviting me on. Which what are your tattoos of? Um, of course, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, what I'm saying, I'm shoot. I got Dragon Ball Z. Uh, of course, you know, what I'm saying, I'm, I'm really heavy into Dragon Ball Z. Um, I got a lot of different cartoons on me. Uh, Bart Simpson, uh, Bender, uh, things of that nature, and I'm, I'm actually on the Ronin Warriors. I don't know if you guys, that might be a little bit, a little bit before your time. I'm not sure, but I was a real heavy Ronin Warrior fan back in the day. So um, I'm working on getting the uh, Inferno armor, the armor of Inferno. I'll look this up. Cause yeah, I don't, don't think I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Ronin Crazy. Warriors. Yeah. The Ronin Warriors. Inferno oh, armor. hell yeah. I know this shit. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This Great. is like pre-Power Rangers. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That Voltron. It, it, it gives you that Voltron flow without the cat stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that looks fucking sick. I'm looking at the Inferno armor here. Where's that going to go? On my back. Yeah, it's got to be big, right? To get all the all the points of that helmet in. Yeah. You know, um, it's crazy, though, the one thing about it, which, which, you know, uh, got me excited about uh, Kira was the fact of, you know, with the, with, with anime, it's so much, the, the detail is so heavy, man. It, you know, they, they're so heavy in the detail, um, you know what I'm saying, just, just on every single thing. You know, a lot of American cartoons back in, back in that same time never, never paid, you know, they, they weren't so much attention to detail of everything in the background, not just the, the the point of focus, but every single thing on the on the whole frame. Yeah, that that's why I always fucked with the uh, on the American side, I always fucked with Don Bluth more than like Disney because they they had like more of a painting style than just like, you know, focus in on the characters and and kind of stay zoomed in on the main mm-hmm. focal point. But like yeah, Akira there's so much to tattoo from Akira. Like every single frame is full exactly. of crazy detail. Exactly, exactly, man. It's sick. I, it, people don't people don't even know. You know what I'm saying? How much that um, that anime right there, that one, Akira, you know, set the precedent for so many other ones that you know what I'm saying. A lot of people now know, love, and and, and watch on a regular, but they don't even know you know where it all came from. Yeah, Kira was revolutionary in the sense of like showing more uh not even not even adult. I mean they are adult themes, but showing like some some real heavy shit, like you know, the religious and political and like scientific shit. And like it was it was big for that. You know, people weren't used to uh animated movies being so heavy at the time. Oh yeah, yeah, man. It was way before it's time to go like like way before it's time because at the end of the day even watching it now and somebody watching it now you gotta um you know you gotta let them know you you gotta remind them like like look bro this was this was done in 1988 like you know what i'm saying you watching it now and looking at it with amazement but imagine watching it in 1988 when you're watching a lot of the 80s a lot of the 80s movies not just not just anime but but movies in in general and and then watching this like like it would it would 
it would have fucked your head up all the way, you know, all the way around watching it when it first came out. It would be like an alien encounter. It's when people take DMT and then come back from the spirit world and they try to draw what they see. And it's mm-hmm. like a little blue stick figure with some purple squiggles. It's like, yeah, I'm not even really sure what I just looked at. Or I saw a picture as a cave painting from 9,000 years ago in Algeria. And it's of a person who's conversing with like this tall being with like an elongated head, but it's drawn like very primitive style. It's kind of like that. It's like, I I feel like Akira every once in a while, you have an alien invasion and you don't even know it. That's what Terrence McKenna said. He said, the problem with uh, alien encounter is knowing when you have one. And I think these works of art are kind of like that. Like you said, ahead of your time, kind of without precedent you know like where did akira come from you know i I know i know he got the inspiration for you know the civil unrest from growing up in japan in the 60s when there was a lot of you know riot police and you know uh, student demonstrations and things of that nature but the actual futuristic city the way the bike looks the iconic red bike i mean Mm -hmm. where, where did all that come from it just, it came from him. Mm-hmm. Facts. Facts. Were you, uh, what Rez, what he was saying earlier too when we started watching it, right? Like you watch a lot of this Japanese media, right? And it starts out with like destruction, right? And the people <laughs> are surviving and, and either flourishing or not, but doing bad either way, but it's post- aftermath it's post-destruction you feel me they in the aftermath right whereas like when you watch like american shit it's like a bunch of american people trying to like stop the disaster from happening and he was saying that that's because like we ain't really had no disaster like they have you know oh yeah yeah like like yeah you said it better so so basically i was just saying and it's not, you know, uh, like I said, Akira started a lot of it, but a lot of the, the Japanese anime, most most of their powers of things, they have the power of um, the, the the bomb of Hiroshima. You know what I'm saying? When when they're using their powers, you know, uh, even Dragon Ball Z, you know, they're destroying entire cities, entire civilizations, and and they do it with no issues, no problems. They don't even think twice about it. You know what I'm saying? Whereas in 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 Western in Western uh, civilization, most of our most of our uh, comics or cartoons and things, we're trying to stop all of that stuff from happening. We're all you know, and and usually we stop it before that because I I feel as though we're not ready for that type of loss. We're not ready for that type of of of, of destruction here. But they've already been there. They've already seen it. They've already had to live through it. They already know that when destruction like that goes on, that life goes on after that. And they're showing life after that destruction, which which is one of the main things in Akira to me that stood out because it's all happening, like you said, post, you know, post- uh, uh, Yeah, because it's Hiroshima, World War III. Yeah. World, World War III. III. So, yeah. so everything is after, and they're literally living after the destruction of, of their civilization, you know what I'm saying? And they're showing, you know, um, Neo Tokyo, uh, Neo Neo Tokyo, 
basically is is the Tokyo after the destruction of, of, of World War Three, and, and it flourishes. It's, it survives. You know, it's it's fucked up, but it is what it is. You know, I was telling I was t- um, telling my bro, I was like, you know, just imagine, you know, um, being a child, being three and four, and surviving the Hiroshima, and having the, you know, and and literally having to live, no parents, no no nobody that you that you knew, and now you have to live and grow up and survive. And then imagine if those those people had kids. You feel where I'm coming from? It's, it's, it's oh, yeah. deep. It's have, deep. You, have you seen uh, Have you seen Grave of the Fireflies? Nah, I haven't. But I know what movie you're talking about. I've heard that, about it. People that is talking- the, the most fucked up movie I've ever seen. I've only seen it once. I never want to watch it again. It's a animation. It's a Studio Ghibli movie, but it's not Miyazaki. It's about exactly what you're talking about it's two kids surviving after the the bomb goes off in hiroshima and um they basically both starve to death slowly and you know there are scenes of like this little girl who's like eating mud and she thinks it's food and the the kid dies homeless in a subway station of of, like after his little sister dies this is a pg-rated animated film from japan in the late 80s but it's like what what does America have? America's got 9-11, but that doesn't really compare. And we still bring up 9-11 all the time. Uh, you know, I remember because you know it's such a strange thing for Americans to experience. I remember when the plane hit the Pentagon, my grandma lived in uh, Springfield in Virginia, and she like remembered the plane flying low. So it's like these big momentous occasions, but then you amplify it 10x, 20x, and then you have a you have a nuclear disaster. Right. Because right. look, uh, Hiroshima that was that was hundred thousand. You know, uh, well over how much? How many people, people died in it? At least one hundred fifty thousand. Let's look it up. Let's. Yeah. I'm gonna do the. I'm gonna do the Joe Rogan fact check. Hold on. Let's see here. Uh, fact, fact check this, Jamie. <laughs> Yeah. So both of them together, yeah. Both of them together, the atomic bombings, counting the dead. All right, let's see. Counting the dead at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Keep in mind, like in Baltimore, 300, 350 people that killed a year, and in D.C. it's like 253, right? Yeah. It's yeah. been a little but so yeah. we say like 600, 700 compared to this. And so... That, the, sorry to interrupt, but just to let you guys know, the estimates cluster around a low of one hundred and ten thousand and a high of two hundred and ten thousand, but they don't—they don't know exactly. Right, you were right, right. on. So yeah, man, and, and we've never experienced a loss on 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 that scale ever as a civilization over here. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what that's what you know. That's one of the things that <clears throat> that 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 our cultures, you know, what I'm saying, are, are different. At because they they know how to survive off that type of loss we we couldn't even dream of it right now like just thinking about something like that you know would would cause a lot of despair and a lot of uh problems with 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 people here that's true so uh, you know it's deep man it's 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 real deep man you know that had me i was thinking too through this watch of of akira i've always thought every time i watch this movie i i think like it's too complicated to be like, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Who's the hero? Whatever. But I'm always thinking like, what, 
what are they trying to say on like a because because it's not none of it's delivered the way you would expect it the military isn't necessarily depicted like the way we would expect the military to be depicted in a post-apocalyptic movie um like some of the like the colonel he's actually one of the most idealist and one of the most heroic like people of the movie like he actually has good intentions uh at least yeah his intentions are good at least like with what he's going about doing and um but like i was thinking this time like is akira because akira is what they kind of mythologize and maybe blame the the nuclear bomb on like was actually akira like exploding uh which is this for nobody for people who don't know the plot like uh who wants to give a rundown of this real quick i could do it uh yeah so in akira there's um the name akira itself in japanese is a combination of two characters that mean the sun and the moon so it means like uh the the light coming from the sun the uh, brightness basically bright it means bright and uh that makes sense symbolically considering the beginning of the movie it's a big bright light that sets off that explosion that kills everybody so we are in the ruins of neo tokyo the rebuilt neo tokyo and we encounter uh kanada and tetsuo and their biker gang who basically just get into shit they drink they drive their bikes around and they beat up like other motorcycle crews and at a certain point this little kid who looks like an old man escapes from a lab Uh, these kids have uh, psychic powers and finds himself in the middle of one of these motorcycle battles right so Tetsuo who's the second in command in the group he always sort of has a chip on his shoulder he runs into this kid the kid is completely unharmed but Tetsuo is all fucked up. They take him back to the lab. They start to unlock his potential psychic powers and he gets all fucked up. He starts to just change physically. And um, yeah, I mean, that's the basic setup of the movie, right? It all, it's, there's some really hallucinogenic parts where like, you know, stuffed animals come to life. And I'm always reminded of how trippy the movie is every time I watch it. And uh, it kind of culminates in, uh, you know, Tetsuo growing into this big pulsating meat blob, kind of like in South Park, the episode where they get into a big uh, gay sex pile. You remember that episode <laughs> where like the guy? <laughs> oh, no. How was it when when uh, uh, he, he he thought his insides yeah, were were, right. were coming out of his stomach and he started trying to put him back into his yeah, stomach, but Joe. but then you realize that 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 nobody can see that but him. That 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 had me tripped out. Yeah, that that's really freaky. All that body horror shit. That's like, I mean, that's that's always a scary thing. Like, what is happening to me? Uh, right. Well, yeah. David, I ain't, I wasn't trying to cut you off with the, I want you to keep telling what the plot, but yo, what about that scene where he's tripping and like the stuffed animals in the car comes to life and then mm-hmm. it's like, and then it comes all over him. You see yeah. that? Yo, <laughs> that just happens. The car, the car, bro, it just, 
Yeah, it just yeah. it just it just busts everywhere for no reason. It's just <laughs> I don't know why. But why does it, anything bust, you know? Like why why do we bust? Because it God, because it feels God. cool. Um, yeah, and he's all freaked out, right? Like he breaks his glass and steps on it and he's bleeding from his foot. And then the kids who are causing all of the hallucination stuff, they're like, you jerk. We were just trying to play and everything. It's like, you're trying to play as a giant freaky bear in a, in a car that like busted on all over the place. <laughs> but, but yeah, like Kelby mentioned, there are elements of the military that might seem strange to Americans because in our movies, the military um, is usually depicted, and this is weird for a country that is so imperialistic, but our military uh, is usually depicted as a little bit incompetent. Like the military is always the first line of attack against the aliens, like an Independence Day or something. That doesn't work, you know, because they're not listening to the scientists or whatever. But in Akira, there's this colonel who's got a, a very... A, a strange looking flat top uh, he's a big muscular guy and he's actually i agree with kelby i think he's one of the heroes of the movie actually which is kind of strange it's just a different depiction a different understanding of, you know what the military is even for but uh but yeah no i mean the ending is awesome uh, you know they're they do battle in this big uh stadium if i remember correctly and uh, it's the olympics the Olympic. That's right, because that's the other thing that was crazy that Akira predicted was the uh, the twenty was it twenty twenty nineteen Olympics twenty nineteen Olympics, which were in Tokyo, which is fucking crazy. I don't know how far back they schedule that shit. I don't know if they knew that <clears throat> in nineteen eighty eight though. Did did art depict life, or did life depict art? And the reason why they did it was because of of someone that was really into Akira that 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 Akira you know just touched and and they made sure that it happened that way you know it's crazy when you think about it yeah 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 somebody said yeah it's 2019 we gotta have like Akira said it's gotta be here so that's a good point Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, that's just another another thing that 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 just showed the power of 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 art and of the the better the art, you know, the 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 more life, you know, will depict on on that art, man. Because like I said, man, this this movie is was so ahead of its time, man. Just with the graphics, with like you said, um, watching it and watching the military, you know, we're used to seeing the military, like you said, fail and the military be the 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 the, the usual the, the scapegoats to the fall guys, but to see, you know, the way the Japanese that's and that's actually crazy because that's our movies depict how we look at it, but their movies depict how they look at it. Maybe that's how they look at their military. You know what I'm saying? Because they've always been been really into the military. Um, you know, kamikaze. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you see these you see these people that that put the military on on a, on a pedestal. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's why they depict it like that. Whereas you know us here, we don't. You know, a lot of us don't trust don't trust the government and 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 always think the government. You know. Our, our, our clients, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, you know, I think that that's another um, strong point that you made with, you know, what you, what you see with this movie. Yeah. I'm one of those people who thinks the government's made up a club. My sister works for the FBI and I hear some stories where it's like office space. You remember that movie? Mm-hmm. 
but it's like (laughs) people who are tasked with, uh, you know, protecting us. Oh, it looks like Kawasaki showed up. So I'm going to admit him. Well, anyhow, we were, uh, we're talking about the, uh, the depiction of the military in Akira. And uh, I was going on a tangent about how, you know, the government really is just kind of made up of clowns for the most part, but they're held up as these, you know, these protectors of, of the, of the country. And yeah, maybe in a place like Japan, maybe there's a little bit more uh, there's, it's more complex feelings towards their military, especially considering who their military aligned themselves with uh, in World War II, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. They can't run from that one. (laughs) (laughs) But the, uh, the concept of Akira himself, though, the, the child bomb, the, basically the, the culmination of what Tetsuo, Tetsuo becomes the same thing that Akira became, which is this like, nuclear bomb basically but but also like a dmt trip and also like a god kind of uh it's this like which is kind of something that all the characters in the movie are arguing about too you know the military and the scientists are like uh question whether the destruction was the cause of akira or not and they've got pieces of this kid in like jars and stuff that they've studied and everything and tried to understand um and that's kind of that's why they got like these numbered telepathic kids you know locked up in this hospital trying they're doing tests on them like similar people trying to understand what what this was that happened and my thought in in this movie is always like is Akira something that is necessary or just inevitable? And I think to, to the point that you were making earlier about like how they flourish, like Japan knows how to flourish after like all this destruction and shit. Whereas like Hollywood depiction of post-apocalypse is always like, damn, that's it. It's over. Like it sucks. Walking we're dead. T- we're, yeah, we're living in tents. We're eating each other. It's all over, and it's like, damn, one one apocalypse is gonna make you give up like that. Japan been like, they got colorful nigga cities. Said, and- nigga said one apocalypse. <laughs> 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 What's up, everybody? What's up? Welcome, Kawasaki. What's this is a conversation. <laughs> this is our Ka- Kawasaki's our occasional uh, third mic. We're he he knows a lot of shit about a lot of shit with anime and stuff so he's our he's our guy to pop in yeah i missed the last couple of weekends but i'm i'm here and i'm clear let's get it that's what's, what's up good? man welcome, welcome back man y'all got uh kira on the board today we got akira on the board we ran down the plot description we talked about military and uh was we were talking about how like the how japan's depiction of post-apocalypse is like like especially within this movie is like one of of kind of flourishing of rebuilding and even the end of the movie echoes that sentiment where you know canada makes it out of of uh tetsuo's giant growing eric cartman you know um, 
Cronenberg baby. And <laughs> he, you know, they're talking about how there's, there's still hope to rebuild after the, or, you know, there's still hope for whatever comes after this. And, mm-hmm. you know, Tetsuo at the end, the very last line, he's like, I am, it's just this echoing voice. I am Tetsuo, which throughout the movie, you're hearing I am Akira, you know, in his head, because that was the last bomb. So he like becomes the the God, the whatever, the apocalypse. And it's kind of the, but it's like hopeful. Like it's not even a sad ending. It's like, yeah, we'll, we'll do another, we'll have Neo Tokyo too, you know, we'll keep right. yeah, we'll, we'll do it again. You know what I think a, a big part of it is culturally? while we don't understand that uh we didn't first of all we're a baby country still and then second of all japan had to fight off the mongols for like a thousand years facts so they've actively got their like civilization destroyed repeatedly and had to Mm. rebuild it every time yeah yeah and they don't ever let it they never let it turn them into a purely warring country that just wants revenge or like they always keep their culture, keep their art, keep their peace, et cetera. You know what the key to all this might be too is the old kids, the image of an old child, I think might be the key to all of that because think about what that is. You know, these kids are, are highly psychically powered. They, they wield these incredible forces of life and death but at the same time they're still children and that to me feels like a commentary on what the world does to kids i don't know i think about kids a lot because my son was born a year and a half ago so we're all you know well most of us right we're uh new new fathers here for the most part and the image of like a child that has become due to the weight of their power has become kind of decrepit and old, but also maybe wise in a way that neither normal children nor normal adults are seems Mm -hmm. to speak to having like the, 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 the necessity of children to take on a burden that's bigger than themselves. Right. Right. Yeah. What was you about to say? I was going to say, like, um, it reminds me of uh, child actors or, like, really, really talented sports kids. Like, there's so much pressure on them that it ages them in a way that other children don't experience aging, like fucking Michael Jackson or something like that. The, the aged child image that they, they show repeatedly in Akira is, like, it's like a a different route to the end. And all of the people that deal with it are fucked up. But they all have have a wisdom that they try to impart on the next generation so it doesn't have to be fucked up and so that power can be harnessed and used. Yeah, man. Um, Like a lot of of old souls, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Just just old souls. You look at some some kids, man, and and, and you just know, man, they've been here before. You know what I'm saying? So it's, like you said, it it comes, I think it's it's that wisdom 
that comes with their powers to say, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah, I've seen things that, that, that you're not ready to see, you know, you're not ready to see yet. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that definitely goes great with, you know, with the, uh, with the storyline, them making them, them making them look like that. It, it grasped the concept of what they were trying to, what they were trying to uh, cross. Do you, uh, Daryl, do you believe in reincarnation? I do. I do. I do too. I do too. I absolutely do. My buddy Shermaine sent me this article the other day about a kid who, uh, like a two-year-old white kid, white boy, right, who kept telling his mom that in his past life he was this black woman named Pam who died <laughs> jump, jumping out of a, a window in a fire in Chicago. And they did a little bit of research. Turns out there was a black woman named Pam who died jumping out of a window to escape a fire in a, you know, like a, a Chicago row home or something like that, or like a big, not a row home, but like a, an apartment right? One of these tenement buildings. So the yeah, thing okay. about, yeah, the thing about reincarnation is like only one of those stories has to be true, but I've often felt like uh, a real connection to certain imagery. Like for me, I wasn't alive in the 1970s. I was born in the eighties, but I have a real connection to pictures of Brooklyn in the 1970s, those fucked up warriors style, you know, subway cars with graffiti everywhere it's like a different, it's like a nostalgia, right? Like I lived it. <clears throat> so I've often thought that I probably got like stabbed to death on one of those subway cars and then popped back to say, out in 1986 in, in Fairfax. <laughs> what if you don't remember? Cause it's embarrassing. Right. You di- I, I died. Like a, I, I like cried and shit myself. So like, I don't remember. <laughs> nah. That's true though, because like, I don't know, I, I lived in California for a little bit, in Northern California, just for a little bit. And there were some places I went to I had never went to before, but they just felt familiar. And I don't mean in like a deja vu sense or whatever anybody mean when they say that, but I mean like, like for real, they felt like I had been there before, like I, I couldn't quite get the memory, but it, it was something there to it. You were a Chinese railroad worker in your past man. life. Oh man, Did a lot of opium. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely believe in reincarnation. Now that you told me that, bro. Now that you yeah. you let me, I do now. I well, there's like there's there's stories too. I remember one of the most convincing ones was a kid who started having nightmares about being in the cockpit of a, of a fighter jet. And he was able to uh, talk about his co-pilot. He talked about, you know, where he went down uh, and the parents as they do, like they did a little research and it was this, you know, American fighter pilot in Vietnam who died. And, you know, the simple uh, is, sorry, go ahead. I'm gonna say a healthy a healthy bit of this has to be schizophrenia, though. No. Uh, well, okay, okay, but but schizophrenia could just be accessing the void. That's that's what the Russians call it, right? Russians have a different word for schizophrenia, and it's basically loosely translated as people who are closer to the source. Yeah, and uh, I totally believe that. I think that the reason 
why we have rampant schizophrenia as a real mental health problem right now in America is because we've become so materialistic and, and disconnected from these sources that like, that's the only way for this real thing to come out is through, it's like, okay, you're hearing voices. Those voices are probably real. It's just that you need an attuned mind to filter them and understand what they're saying. And we're just, we're just distant from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah, and it, it, here's the thing, though. There's a lot of a lot of things that we can't see on us because our, our, our eyes, our body, you know, aren't meant for it. You know what I'm saying? It's just a lot of things that, that happen day by day that we we don't see and we're not aware of. But that doesn't mean that it's not happening. You know, a lot of different drugs, they 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 take the filters off of our eyes. So a lot of times we think that we're tripping. But in reality, we're seeing what's really there that if we, you know, if our eyes weren't filtered, a lot of us would go crazy anyway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Lovecraftian, like um, in Bloodborne, whenever you get your insight up and you literally see more of the video game as you progress through it and into just more monsters and HP Lovecraft designed shit everywhere that's been there the whole time. But as your mm-hmm. insight goes up, you see it and it's now described you can see as madness. Yep, amygdalas. Yeah. It's, it's described as madness. I love that game so much. I'm glad I wasn't just explaining that shit into the void and, and multiple of y'all. Have played oh, that's it, that's Real David's talk. favorite game, I think, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. He was play- he, oh yeah, I was playing. He was with- playing that when I he was playing that when I pulled up. Bro, we need that Bloodborne too <laughs> right now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Some things are like, of course, we want it, but. Is it meant to yeah. be? You, you might be right about that. But I want it more than I need it. Yeah. Elden Ring is is cool though. You know, Elden Ring is cool. It ain't Bloodborne, but it's cool. But yo, yeah. I, I might take this whole conversation over to Bloodborne. So let me just fall back real quick. That's <laughs> <how> I- <laughs> Yeah, David's new book, if, uh, by the way, Ghost of East Baltimore. Sorry, Kelby, but David's new book, Ghost of East Baltimore, has a heavy Bloodborne influence. So if you if if you fuck with that kind of thing and you're listening to this, go buy Ghost of East Baltimore. I'm gonna be shameless with this on this podcast because Ghost of East Baltimore. Ghost of East Baltimore, dude. Yeah, you got to check this shit out. It's it's you know it's a book that that we published on Broken River, but uh, okay. you know. But it's got there's a there's a Shut part up. in the book there's a part in the book where these people take this drug and start like freaking out and like this woman uh, like like tears a guy's head off and starts fucking the neck stump and then there's another guy who's like getting eaten and he says uh, what, what does he say he's like he's like oh no this this is this is not right this is this is terribly incorrect and it's just like I was like <laughs> David was channeling Bloodborne specifically right here in this scene so anyway just had to do a little plug sorry kelby shout yeah. out broken river publishing i'm gonna go download it oh how, how dare you interrupt me to plug the whole the whole reason that we continue this show the thing that mm-hmm. puts bread and butter mm-hmm. on the table mm-hmm. uh <laughs> everybody buy david's book now what i was gonna say to bring it back to akira um i i bet like kazuhiro otomo and you know, all the visionaries behind Akira were kind of close to that source as well, because the the materialist, the materialism in Akira, it actually has this like 
like everything works like technology is probably maybe at least on par with where we're at right now the technology in the of, movie yeah a little bit ahead a little bit ahead a little bit ahead but it's like janky it's like yeah. um it's got character to it it's mistreated uh there's cracks on everything is cyberpunk there's texture to shit and like i often feel like over here like a lot of things metaphorically like we're living in a cyberpunk era but it looks dumb and it looks clinical and it looks like it looks boring and it's too clean and it's because it's probably it's because of that materialism it's like y'all aren't getting the point like you know a lot of this shit akira is about cycles and it's about i think it's about reincarnation and it's about not just pushing forward like to some end goal it's like no you push forward and you rebuild because that's what you do that's what god does in human form like experiencing this like these different embodiments these different eras like that's just part of it you you keep going and so they throw they're more in tune to to that soul so they throw color on stuff it's not just like well, how's this going to look so sleek and how's it going to fit into my pocket better? And how's it, it's like, nah, it's clunky and janky and it's colorful and we put stickers all over shit and we spray paint everything. And uh, they, they, they use it. Feel me? Like, they, like they're not pressed over it looking new all the time. Like some Timberlands that you never want to wear because you don't want to scuff them up. You just want them hanging in. You want them hanging in your room. They're actually they're actually, they're actually out wearing them. They're actually out driving driving the motorcycles. So like you said, slapping all the stickers on it. They they getting in accidents. They fucking shit up with it. You know what I'm saying? They they not they not worried about how it looks. They they using it for what it's what it's used for. You feel you feel what I'm saying? Like everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's gotta be at least somewhat in the future because it's like they're treating it almost like hand-me-down technology. And we're watching the basically watching the poorest areas of that society. So in you know, more in a richer area of that society that we didn't get to see, it could be that that stupid sleek look that everything tries to achieve now because of Steve Jobs. You know, it could be that that look, you know, and that's like the 90s Macintosh version of it is what we're seeing because. You know, we're watching all these kids that are just scrounging the bottom levels of the society. Facts. Yeah, Facts. The, the further away you get from downtown to the heart of where everything is actually going on, the further away you get from Akira, the further away you get from God, which is kind of like, it's kind of how I see it, what Akira embodies in a way. It is like a God or the inevitable or nature or the reset, you know, the great reset, the thing that you're in, in our last uh, Berserk episode, we talked about there's a part in uh, the Millennium Falcon arc where the, there's these trolls attacking a village and the witch character she's like summoning a water spirit to save the village from this onslaught of trolls that just keep coming and fucking shit up and she summons this flood that wipes everything away like it puts some of the characters in danger it destroys everybody's home but it takes away the trolls and at the end everybody's happy that the flood came and it destroyed everything but they're like yes now i will rebuild it's fine 
but you got rid of those fucking trolls. So like that, that idea of destruction and salvation is like rampant all through Akira as well. Where like, they know that like this shit's just going to happen. And they're like, well, we'll, we'll do it again. (laughs) We'll keep going. There's something there also about objects that I really like the idea that all of these objects are being used by people and repaired by people and how that's something that's not really present in our society because we have built, uh, we're built on a system of continuous progress and continuous sales. Corporations uh, are, it's considered a failure if you don't have a, a, a percentage increase in profit every quarter, like quarterly increases are necessary. So, you know, the ability for these things to self-destruct like iPhones and because <clears throat> I'm, I'm convinced that iPhones, if they were made correctly, you could just have one forever, but we can't have yeah. that. Right. Like we, we, we you can't, you can't buy a, a, a real leather satchel that lasts you your whole lifetime because you got to buy this fucking dumb shit. That's going to, you know, as soon as it gets rained on, it's going to be broken. And it's like that control is spreading out into cars. You know, I know that farmers are having a real problem now. Uh, there's like a whole right movement, to repair. Right to repair. Yeah, exactly. Because like John Deere has specific operating systems that have to be implemented in order to, you know, fix a part in a big tractor. And they're trying to do that with like Tesla's and shit. Like you look at a BMW and it's like a Lego car, right? Everything snaps together. It's hard to get parts, but you can figure it out as the, as the owner of a BMW. Um, now it's like these companies want to make it so that you can't fix your own shit. Yeah. Like you, you need a, a registered technician to come out and run the diagnostics and make sure that the OS is updated all this kind of shit, right? Like, I mean, I know, I know Tesla's already do that, but that's the plan. Like you own nothing, right? You're just leasing, you're leasing everything. And uh, there's a Japanese concept of wabi-sabi, which is, you know, things that look a little run down, a little used. Oh, I'm so glad you know about that. I was trying to explain that. And nobody knows what I'm talking about. Yes. It's like just yeah. the little imperfection is the perfection because nothing right. they is do actually it with like, perfect. Yeah, they do it with pots, right? They make clay pots and the pots in in particular, especially if they're handmade, hand-fired, all that kind of stuff, they're going to have little cracks and shit. And that's Mm -hmm. part of, uh, there's a book called In Praise of Shadows about aesthetics from a Japanese writer. I can't remember his fucking name, but I was reading it a few weeks ago and he's basically talking about how, you know, in Japan, there's a a quality to uh, a hand-fired, clay bowl right there's something about the the muddy color of it and the fact that it doesn't reflect light the way mass-produced american products do that actually makes it beautiful right that makes it an object in itself uh that makes it something that you can have in your home for for generations you can pass this shit on and it looks fucked up but it's beautiful because it looks fucked up so that's that's like another cultural difference where we want everything you know, like Daryl said with the, with the Tims, you know, like you don't want to, you want them to be in a glass case. You wear them once and God forbid, God forbid mm-hmm. anybody's like fucking spill their Cape Cod on your new shoes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I 
feel that. Right. And, and oh. even but even with what you just said, with with That's with it. that, right? In the in in our culture, you know, the things like that, like that that in a place of uh, I used to do t-shirts and I used to make clothing and things like that. Um, you know, when you when you look in the store and it says irregular on it, you know what I'm saying? And and it, and it costs a little less. And but it, it got it might have, you know, it might have it might not even be anything permanent. It might be a, a piece of something on it that, that, that went on it when when it was in shipping or might have a small tear or things like that. You know what I'm saying? And and, and with our with our culture, we look down on all of that stuff because we want those we want those 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 Tim's that we could put that we could put up. You know what I'm saying? We don't want the ones that that, that already have a scuff on them, even though. The ones with the scuff might have been tested already, battle tested, and 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 you know they're waterproof. You know what I'm saying? So it, mm -hmm. it, it it's kind of crazy how you know our our cultures you know, differ like that because in reality we want the stuff that that that's tried and tested. That you know you know what I'm saying? We we we're not looking for the stuff that 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 doesn't work. When yeah, when nobody. Yeah, keep going, keep yeah. going. And it's just, it, that's just, you know, it was crazy when you said that, you know what I'm saying? It, it just made me think about, it made me think about all, all of that because we don't appreciate things that are different. You know what I'm saying? We don't appreciate the things that, you know, that are unique. Um, I do, I do paintings and, and things like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm an artist, all the way artist. You know, I went to uh, Duke Ellington when I was younger. We did, we did sculpture, we did pottery and all of that stuff. It, it, and it doesn't have the same appreciation that um that it has in older in older cultures because like my man Kawasaki said we're we're a baby we're a baby nation you know what I'm saying we're a baby culture and 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 I think that that it shows in what we value it, 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 does that make sense yeah it, mm -hmm. it, it, it's our baby culture because you know what I'm saying other cultures they they do take worth in, in things that were hand done, that were that that you know what I'm saying somebody did by hand because we know that it's not being mass mass uh mass produce, you know. Uh, you 100 percent right because it's like like I totally understand what you're talking about. Like I hear everything you're saying, but at the same time, I like shiny shit. You like, like your sneakers. <laughs> I like sneakers not touched like the other day at a cookout. I seen a dude with some J's on go inside when it started raining, go get two grocery bags, plastic bags, put them on I his shoes, that. time around a corner. <laughs> I said to my wife, I, I said, yo, do you think you think I could go inside and get some? And she said, do not do that. I'll buy you another pair, but do not do that. <laughs> and I heard her and I said, yeah, you right, you right. But at the same time, it was in there. It was inside me. You feel me? It was inside me to want my shit to just be perfect all the time. I can't, I can't change that, man. I can't help that I don't want no distressed leather or nothing now, like that. I now, need my shit fresh. Now look at now look at look at look at that. That look at that situation, right? Look at that situation. First off, look look at the situation that we would even want to do that. You know what I'm saying with our shoes because I do that when I, I buy new shoes. I go to work. I tattoo on them, and I don't want the tattoo ink getting right. on my shoes. I've I've literally spilled ink on brand new shoes that I just bought before, and and you know what I'm saying. It's like you look at that. Look at the want for us to to do that. Put bags on our shoes as if they were they were uh, uh, something. That really messed up in the in the in the rain which that's what they're there for to cover your feet right, from right, the rain right, right, if you're covering right. you're covering 
what you what's what's right. used to cover you, which which is crazy if you really think about it. But then also look at the fact that your wife was like, if you get rain on them, water rain, I'll buy you a new pair. Right. You feel yeah, what if, I'm you saying? Put, if you if you put some goofy ass plastic bags on your shoes, I'm divorcing you. <laughs> 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 people used to ask me all the time they like why, why you got plastic uh, bags on your shoes I was like I don't want to get tattoo ink on them they was like well why why wear your shoes when you why, tattoo do you, why do you look like why do you look like Mark Wahlberg at the end of The Departed <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know white shoes repeatedly hit with tattoo ink would probably be kind of fire though over time so, <laughs> yeah only only controlled, you know what I'm saying? Especially when you you when you're wearing something like me. I had some um nah, bro, wabi sabi. You gotta let it happen. <laughs> I let it happen one time. It was the worst happening that happened with the happen. Because I just <laughs> used and uh, got a bunch of red ink all on oh, my no. shoes. That just was, that just wasn't out with me. You know Not what the, the thing is, though, is like I got a, I got a kid now. I went to the store because uh, I finished up a notebook. So I went to the store and I bought a brand new like term 1917 notebook. They're my favorite. note. they're so pristine. It's German engineering, but put into notebook form. And I brought that shit home and I put it on the table. I unwrapped it from the plastic. I smelled it. You know, I, I put my first little journal entry in there. I, I keep uh, <clears throat> I keep dream journals so I can remember all this shit. But, um, you know, I came into dream the room. journals. That's hot. Yep. Yep. Hot. And, and I uh, I came into the room and my boy had uh, completely folded the first half of the journal, like oh. just in half. He was just fucking that shit up. And I was like, well, you know, this is a this is more of a of a recording of where I'm at in my life right now than anything I could write in the journal, you know? Yeah, so character I, now. It's got character, yeah. Also, I'm not gonna throw it away because that's like a it's like a $25 notebook, so, you know, I'm Real gonna quick use though, it. I wanna talk, I wanna talk on the, uh, the nature of materialism itself because I don't think it's inherently like all the way not human. I think it's in our nature to be materialistic. And that's sure. why we have different art from different cultures. And we just obsessed with making shit and buying shit. And the shiny shit just captures us because we're spinning a cocoon to transhumanism. And eventually the shit will be augmenting our vision, you know, our grip strength of speed. Like it'll be shit we're building and making and adding on to us. Like we're building a cocoon. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah that's that's all the way facts that's all yeah, the way it's, it's the cell like phone will be Canada. inside of us mm-hmm. because think about it see a lot of people don't know you know what i'm saying if if you have a like right now you know what i'm saying you can't even use an iphone 6 because it's it, they make them so you have to upgrade you have to constantly upgrade you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and we think that's what life is about is about always upgrading, but you know, you you look back in the day, it's, it's people that, that have had things their whole life. They've had they've had different things that they've used from from cars. You know, what I'm saying somebody bought a car at 16, and they they kept that car, you know, throughout their entire life. You know, what I'm saying oh, they were built to last like that back in the day. But now we're in the presence of up, always upgrading to the point where 
right where, where it's it's more now it's more like our nature it starts to feel like that's our nature that's what we're supposed to do because that's what you know what i'm saying they're hurting us to do because we're spending the money on it but once it's Thanks. once it's in you once it gets in you there ain't no changing it like yeah. like i, I gotta look i got you had sex once you once you once you got you some pussy, you, you're not going to you can't go back. You're not going back to not. I mean, we got sex. a phrase for it. We got a phrase for it. Keeping up with the Joneses has always been a thing. Facts, right? Yeah. You want yeah, the new refrigerator? You want the new car? You want the new? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're looking check over the fence out. like, damn. So there's a story about uh, a tribe in Papua New Guinea, which is a series of islands off the coast of Australia, and uh, they're one of the oldest uh cultures on the face of the earth they basically kind of kept their culture the way the way it's been for thousands of years and at one point this tribe received a gift from the australian mainland which was an earth moving machine uh you know dig trenches dig tunnels whatever and the first thing this tribe did once they got it was dismantle it and put it back together again there's two reasons for that the first reason is that they wanted to know how it worked on a deep mechanical level. But the second thing is, is that when you dismantle something and then rebuild it, their idea, their, their kind of magical, uh, mystical tribal view of it, if you dismantle something and put it back together, you're, you're building yourself into the machine, right? And I think there's something to that on the level of shoes or, uh, you know, tools the motorcycles in akira motorcycles in akira right it's like you when you take something apart and put it back together again more likely than not you're not going to do that shit perfectly and it's going to look a little wabi-sabi it's going to look a little fucked up but you as a human being are a little fucked up so you you're actually like though these are all signs and symbols that indicate human life that indicate a human interacting with its environment. And uh, the alternative to that, and what I think we're scared of and what Kawasaki mentioned with like transhumanism is we wanna outsource that humanity to corporations to build us perfect smooth things that we can keep pristine and push away the fear of death as much as we possibly can. Like we don't wanna be human anymore. Like we don't wanna think about the fact that we shit and snot comes out of our nose <laughs> and that, you know, and that sex is sometimes kind of gross, but in a cool way. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, like when the pussy farts, right. I mean, like that's kind of gross, but it's also funny and kind of cool. Uh, so we basically like, we, we try to push all that away, get as much sleekness and smoothness as possible. But the trick is, is that like, you know, and David, I know you love your shoes, man, and I respect it, but it's kind of like when you keep them that clean, it's like how much of you is in that shoe? And is that no. even important to you? I got, I got what you're saying. It's like my life doesn't have any, like, pussy farts. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Bingo, bullseye. I get it. I get it. I got to let the wabi-sabi, the pussy farts, I got to let them into my life. It's okay. There's yeah. beauty in it. Oh, it's beauty and pussy box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even down to the level of uh, 
sort of the opposite of that with like faux distressed where we want to outsource to the corporations as well we want to outsource the experience you know artificial experience whereas like you didn't put those holes in those jeans um, right. or the or the Pain. shirts the shoes big fake, big fake silicone muscles you ever seen that fucking idiot oh my god the, dude the huge arms that have been filled with uh the it's silicone. not silicone it's saline Right or is it silicone? I don't know. It's one of those. I think things, it's. But it I looks think it's stupid. both. Yeah, just fake muscles. Yeah, yeah that shit. Yeah, the, the fake, the fake butts, man. And you know what I'm saying? Just well, hold on, every- hold on. The fake butts can look kind of. I'm not gonna lie. Fake butts can look kind of cool sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this, they definitely look good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, some of them look better than the others. Some of them don't look as good as the others. But it just. I'm straight it, off that. Is 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 trying to get is trying to get the without putting in the work. You feel me? Like you were saying with the shoes. You know what I'm saying? If they just sitting up on, you know, you never you never put a, put a scuff in them. You you didn't put any work in them. You never enjoyed them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. just you want and my my post. wife was telling me too that uh, the fake butt the the Brazilian butt lift is actually the most dangerous surgical procedure plastic surgery or just maybe surgical i don't know i don't know if it's as dangerous as open heart surgery but like it's up there it's really it's really dangerous to do that cosmetic right yeah yeah you you fuck yourself with that shit yeah yeah Yeah. but Uh, you know people look people look people want that they 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 not they were they just want the end result you know what i'm saying It's, it's all about the end result man you know uh when girls, not good, when, when women get that done, right? The the list, you know, they gotta they got these sacks connected to them that are like their bags, right? Because their fat drains mm. out. Us will drain into it, and like sometimes we'll be having it. It's like they run out of money, like during the process, because mm-hmm. it's a process, right? So they can't go back to the doctor and get the bags taken off. Oh my god! So they be having plastic bags I think in I, their butt. No, nah, it's about to get they they uh they gotta try to take them off themselves. Oh wow! That's gross, right? Uh, oh it is. And yeah. Oh, Imagine if you, you that shit. Happen. If you were oh. out pus bags out your girl's butt. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like that shit. That shit happens, man. Or simple do it. Some simple do it. Oh, I, I want to jump back. To, I was good. I want to jump back to the shoes thing one time. It was like, you don't never want brand new shoes right before the basketball game. Like, it's dope when you get them, but when you're playing in the game, you don't like that. That shit hurts. Like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you don't true. jump right. You don't run right in the heat of the battle. I break them in. You want it broken in. You want it, you want it proven to be used. You know, you're. Like they passed swords down through generations because they were proven. They had hundred bodies on them, thousand dead monsters. Yeah, that shit meant something. And then the gun came around. And you and don't stop. You don't want to know. You don't. You don't want to know what bodies are on it. It's like no. Don't tell me about that shit. Just <laughs> <laughs> tell me this shit's clean. <laughs> that shit has a number with it attached to a database. There's Maybe. no soul in that. Maybe um maybe you shouldn't maybe if you can't maybe if a person can't 
a full, if you can't use the things that you have, like use them without the fear of messing them up, then maybe that that thing is like out of your league as far as a thing to participate in, you know? Like yeah. if you can't, like a cookout without putting bags on your shoes, maybe you shouldn't wear those shoes, have those shoes. You feel what I'm saying? Too. Yeah, they mean too much. Like that's the keeping up with the Joneses shit. You know what I'm saying? Bro, like, I was I was at a gas station with my buddy who's who's in real estate and he's got, you know, 30 properties. He's rich as fuck. We were in the gas station buying beer and we left and we were in the car. We were going back to his house and he's like, where the fuck is my phone? He's like, oh, fuck. He's like, I left my phone, you know, sitting in the gas station. I was like, so do you want to go back for it? And he was like, nah, it's cool. When he got back to his house, he just fired up a new iPhone. I was like, that's sick. That's, yeah. that's... Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 He's not going to put back his shoes. He just, you know, whatever. It doesn't he matter. already had the backup iPhone. He had two backup iPhones. Yeah, he didn't give a fuck. He, he didn't need to put bags on his shoes because he had another pair of the same shoes back at home. So he could still have right. some fresh, the same ones. Because he really wear them shoes, not because it's his prized yeah. shoes. Right, right. So that's, okay. Yeah, okay. But here's the thing, though. When you use something without fear of messing it up, don't you, don't you get more out of that? Totally. 100%. You feel me? Don't you get the don't you get the full full experience of that product when it, when you're you're just using it and don't care about you know just how they look how they smell how they, anything you're using it for what it's for what it's made for you know what I'm saying a lot of times man we get stuff nowadays and we don't even we don't even use it for what it's made for you know I I own moon bounce business and I do I rent out 360 cameras so. You know, I have um, four moon bounces, so I, I, I have a pickup truck, you know, I, I bought it and it's a nice pickup truck. Whereas my dad, he literally just drives around in the pickup truck. You know, he doesn't even put stuff in the back of the pickup truck for real, for real. So it's like a lot of times we buy things. He just wanted a pickup truck, but had no yeah. utilizing it for that. You know what I'm saying? So and I think that's what we do. You know, we buy shoes, we buy basketball shoes and don't play a lick of basketball. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it just, I mean, I'm going to have to defend that, though. I'm going to have to defend <laughs> buying basketball shoes. Basketball shoes, you know, are really comfortable walking shoes. Yes, they are. Running shoes, you know, you could train in them. They can get beat up. They can get stepped on, still work, right? Walk I wear skate shoes, I, which are also good. And I don't skate. Skate shoes have outside of skate functionality as well, you know? You know? I wear basketball shoes without playing basketball. And 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 that's perfectly fine. You know what I'm saying? That's but that's that's but again, that's what we do. You know what I'm saying? It's not even, you know, it, it's just it's just our nature. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't play basketball anymore. I love basketball shoes, you know what I'm saying? But but that's just that's just goes to show, you feel me, just where we at, you know what I'm saying? And and it, you know, it is what it is, but but that's the realization, you know what I'm saying? And even then, whatever you, whatever it is we do, when you're wearing them, you know, if if that's what you're doing, and you, you walk in anything and you're not worried about scuffing, scuffing your shoes up, you know what I'm saying? You, you get a better, you get a better experience from it, no matter what it is that you're doing with it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's, it's true, man. Sometimes I've gone 
places with a special pair of like J's and yep. I have like, anxiety the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got that? You got Jordan anxiety? Yeah, like I have these, um, they're fours, the Travis Scott cactus. Uh, fours is my favorite. I feel, okay, I feel anxiety over fours. So, and they're the blue suede material. And, but it was embarrassing, right? Like I was at like a family event, just like dusting the, the toe off with my fingertips every so often. Like saying hello to and shit. And then like ducking and dusting my toe like a maniac. You know what I'm saying? But anxious the whole time. And you don't want to live like that. There's, there's a level of a play and pretend that goes into like when how y'all were talking about the basketball shoes, the pickup truck, like it's also in human nature, how it's in human nature to create things. It's also human nature to like play and engage in a sort of performance. Like everything we do is performance, right? We perform for our partner, like, you know, we try to show up in the bed. We try to show up, like, make a good impression. We try to show up for our our friends. Like, our we got to be the best. Uh, we got to be the best something in a group. Like, you know, mm-hmm. one one homie can't have everything. And uh, with some of the shit that's like, well, you're not a basketball player, but it's like, no, nah, but this is kind of like the character I'm putting on for the universe right now. Like, I'm, it, it's like this subconscious engagement in the sort of uh the same pure imagination i think is where some of that might come from and now facts it's like when you can see it's like when you see somebody and they're like 25 plus like ain't been in school forever and you know they're a football player still or you know that they're still a basketball player still just because it's it's more than like it's an identity they like they wear certain shit they say certain shit there's lingos from both of those sports you know from those worlds i'm a dad i'm a 30 almost 36 year old dad who still wears like death metal t-shirts i'm not going to death metal shows you know what i mean (laughs) like that's that's all in the past i'm done I, i walk it I spent hours yesterday with my son who's learning how to walk with his, uh, you know, holding on to my finger, walking up and down the street. Like I'm not going to a cannibal corpse show. I'm not even really listening to cannibal corpse. I'm listening to Gracie's corner. Uh, (laughs) Gracie's (laughs) Franken. Yo, what is Gracie's corner? Gracie's Man. Corner has is the is the absolute hardest children's show on YouTube right yeah. now. Like bangers, dude. Got kids to know. You, you definitely have to have young kids to know what that is. Bro, my daughter rhythm from that show for real. Yo, have you heard the row, row, row your boat re- joint she do? That- Baby rode the boat. Baby rode the boat. Hey, <laughs> dude, it's so hot. So dude, hot. When, bro, when that's the 808 stock just just hitting and then it's like make it clap 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 okay yeah like, oh my god no. it's so they got good. the 808s on the children's songs absolutely Man. sir it's, yeah it's a, it's a whole nother level to the, to the kids songs now man um uh, david 
really put me on. My kids, all my kids are, are uh, teenagers and up. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm past, I'm past all of that. But <laughs> my, uh, my niece, she loves that stuff. Yeah, man. Gracie's corner. David, continue, continue though. But yeah, Gracie's corner, shout out. Oh yeah, no, I, that, that was pretty much it. Just the idea that, you know, I have this image of a guy who goes to shows and, you know, gets into a mosh pit and, you know, I mean, it's just not me anymore. It's not what I do. Um, I, I, I don't even think I would do that if somebody like offered me the opportunity to do that. You know, hey, we'll watch Gus. You go out to a show. I'd be like, what time does it start? How long is it going? Like, wait, when do the openers start? I'm not sure if I can really do this or not. Meanwhile, you know, <laughs> I'm still wearing like a uniform shirt or, uh, you know, I did get this badass death metal themed Elden Ring shirt, which is pretty cool. That's kind of threading the needle between the two worlds. But, uh, you know, it's a it's a fashion aesthetic to Kawasaki's point of uh, of a time past, a time gone by. Right. I like that. Remnants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know the, the the thing about that though, it, because that was you at a point in time. That's still you know what I'm saying that 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 is still a part of you. That's a part of you that will never you know what I'm saying right. it, 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 it it'll never go away. Yeah, you're not at the, you're not at the shows no more. You know what I'm saying you focused on being a father, but but you know you you can't you still holding on to that to that 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 part of that world you feel I'm, what still I'm, saying? The, I'm still the kid who dislocated his shoulder at a dillinger escape plan show you know still that guy yeah you would know what to do if you were dropped off in that situation mm-hmm. you can't be out in these streets being a gangster forever but you're still gonna be a gangster forever. yeah you feel you know what I'm real. I, I give these kids one good pickup game one half of a good ass pickup game i'm dropping 12 points in the pickup game but you know we ain't going all day no more but i'm dunking on one of them but you know that might be my exit though but i'm dunking on one of them right (laughs) you dunk and dislocate your fucking hip you're like all right well now now that i've schooled you i'm gonna yeah now that uh, i showed you i'm gonna go lick my limp away yeah (laughs) you had it in you though you know right no but my girl gonna take care of me he's gonna be all right my knee don't hurt though. <laughs> you know, my knee buckled. I was walking my son in his stroller. We were going down a hill and my knee buckled. And I was like, wait a minute. This isn't right. This Sue the stroller company. <laughs> yeah. Just just blame it on the stroller. Be like, hey, I uh, you know, I spent my 20s doing drugs and drinking alcohol. My, my body is complete. Like I have the body of a 57 year old, but this is clearly a design flaw. If my knee is buckling while I'm pushing the stroller could work. All right. What's stranger? Stroller or the knee? What's that? You know, when you, you know how you, when you push something, a stroller, a cart, you, you tend to put the weight, a lot of your weight, you shift a lot of your weight onto what you're, you know, on what you're pushing. So the, you said it was a de- design flaw. And I'm like, you know, was what did you have more weight on your shoulder? I mean, on your uh, uh, knee or on or on the stroller? Shoulder or uh, no, on the on the knee 
but that's, that's something that I'm trying to get better at in general. I'm trying to have more bodily, uh, you know, cognizance. I got this buddy who, uh, who's been meditating for 10 years. I was talking to him the other day. He's a, a really cool dude. He lives in London. Uh, his name's Jay shout out Jay. And he was like, you know, I have thoughts. I don't just have thoughts in my head. He's like, I have thoughts in my feet. I have thoughts in my stomach this full body awareness. And I was like, I need to get that because I just ignore parts of my body until something goes wrong until my knee buckles. Right. But what if I was actually thinking from my knee to begin with, maybe I could, you know, receive the distress (laughs) signals before I collapse in the middle of the street. Yes. Those are the people that are truly in tune with their body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I know, man. I ain't gonna lie. I'm uh, you know, I, I did drugs, alcohol, all that. My twenties and my thirties. <laughs> so, because I it's fun, go. right? It's fun. Awesome. Um, I was, but then I got six daughters, man, and uh, they they all getting older. They started looking at what their father was doing. So a lot of the stuff, you know, I I gave up, and not because I got tired of it, because it, honestly, they're great. I love them, but um, but you know, just trying to set an example for my for my for my daughters. You know, they get you know being teenagers and things like that. So um, just recently, I just got back into the you know got into the gym. You know what I'm saying? And um, mm-hmm. when that consistently for the past maybe three and a half months, and it's it's really been a lot better on my body. Um, uh, forty, I'm forty three. You know what I'm saying? And and I I haven't been this healthy. And I, I feel like like I'm in my twenties a lot. So, yeah. and um, definitely, you know, if 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 you feeling like me, where feel as though you know, what I'm saying your body might be a little bit heavier than what it should be because of our lifestyles and and you know all the crazy wild shit we did. Uh, you know, what I'm saying hit the gym, man. You know, it, it, yeah. it definitely definitely yeah. help you out. Definitely uh, bear it up. I was swole as fuck before my son was born. Swole as fuck. I looked really good. I hit the, I was going to the gym five days a week, which is actually probably too much. Right. But I, I, I looked, I was looking at photos uh, of, of myself right before Gus was born. And I was like, dude, I was rippling, you know, I was just looking like a fucking little tank. Of you got to tell him that when he's, when he challenges you at yeah. 14 years old, you got to tell him that. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know what I used to look like, but a year and a half of not doing shit, like I'm I'm not like fat, you know, but it doesn't matter if you're fat or not. You can be unhealthy and and still look for all intents and purposes like you're in shape, which is kind of where I'm at now. But you're absolutely right, man. It's just it's just I got to get back in that gym. Yeah, man, it's it's a good good feeling. I do the, I do the five days a week. Um, I do the five days a week, but I, right now I'm only doing, I only do a half an hour. I don't, I'm not one of those, you know, gym nuts. That's to good. Sit hours. I do five days a week, half hour, I stay consistent. And you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put on a whole bunch of and all of that. I just want at 43, I just want to be healthy. You know what I'm saying? I want to be able to, to, to play, to play a basketball game with my son, my son, I'm 23, you know what I'm saying? So I want to be able to do stuff with him and with my, my daughters and not be gassed. To, 
So I want to get back. uh I want to get like some HGH, be like Joe Rogan, dude. I want to like fucking HGH. just just get some get some IFG one, some HGH, some have a, a massive skull, right? Like just completely not brachycephalic, but whatever the word is for when your head enlarges like that, but just be a little just just stupid big, you know? The steroids like are a lot more accessible than they used to be steroids the steroid game nowadays is a lot Bro, more i get easier. ads for them on ig i get like like they somehow found a loophole to make some yeah. of this shit legal and they're like hey try this it's called like xxx this will kill you whoa uh, <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like a super dick pill not a i mean it probably worked the same it probably actually. is yeah it probably makes you hard too but you know but thank, not thank god i don't need help with that to connect it back to Akira, it's like the pills, the little happy pills that everybody's taking, mm-hmm. or like the idea of transhumanism just ascending the, the going to the gym process, the actual work process of anything, just completely ascending and using technology to access that the end result faster, no matter what it does to society or what it does to the human body or mind. It's just like we need, or like it's like when we give the medicine to kids, it's like we need this behavior right now, like. It's just all shortcutting, shortcutting the long game. Yeah. Which you inevitably have, you don't have to, you don't have to learn that lesson anyway. Yeah. The bill comes due. The bill's going to come due no matter what you do. So you can do it yeah. one way or the other way. And, you know, it's always, you know, there, in life, there's always a choice between doing things the hard way and the easy way. And the easy way is obviously tempting for very clear reasons, but almost every single time it's the wrong way to do something it's the silicone muscles it's the transhumanism i'm gonna get uh you know getting a chip implanted in your head so that you can speak spanish i mean that's cool i guess but what about the experience of actually learning spanish instead the way that person's meant to yeah and how you have to interact with the spanish culture to learn the language versus if you were just programmed with it or like learning japanese you know it's like it's it, th- there's something in the journey itself and we just want to shortcut the journey basically we want it's, to fast travel it's like yeah. how if you give your pokemon 99 rare candies it's not as strong as if you actually train the pokemon mm-hmm. and, and and that gets me to the saying that they say you know success doesn't have an elevator you got to take the stairs you know what I'm saying? Um, that's right it, it's it's that's the, you know it's like it's just that's crazy you know what I'm saying? Like I tell I tell my people, you know what I'm saying? Like I could tell you things all day long, but when it comes to learning, the one good thing about it is everybody has their own path. I can't I can't do the push-ups for you, bro. You know what I'm saying? If I do the push-ups, I'm gonna be one that gains the strength and gains gains the muscle. I can show you, I can show you how to do it, but you got to do it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of a lot of people now, you know, we we don't want to do it. We like you said, you we we want the we want shortcut inverse because yeah. here's the thing is the dude with the silicone muscles he just looks good and he i'm sure he don't even look good but but he's still as weak as he was when he got the got the implants you know yeah, you can't it, lift anything with the silicone muscles yeah, you're you gonna get your ass whooped by somebody <laughs> your size now which if you didn't have them maybe somebody that size might not even have you know what I'm wouldn't even look, fuck with you you feel me? But now you got these big stupid ass silicone muscles. Now another dude that ungain, he worked for his. You know what I'm saying? He beats the shit out of you and puts you in the hospital. You know, what I'm it's saying? like so, open carrying a BB gun. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like silicone draw, draw. muscles this is a bad signal. Yeah. Like, oh, don't man. do that. So. Well, I I don't I don't actually uh, based off of things I've seen in my life now I don't even like you put two people together and one of them's got big old you know show muscles and you take one of these like little scrappy Mexicans that you know wakes up at six thirty every morning to go you know replace scrappy Mexicans is crazy bro dude scrappy Mexicans will fuck your ass up they're fast they're small but they're fast you know. <laughs> It's like I might have my money on the Mexican. At, at that Ain't point. nothing tougher than a Mexican boxer, though. Facts. They're Facts. crazy. They're crazy. Yeah, yeah. And that actually, like, uh, speaking of Mexicans, that brings us back to the uh, the whole scuffed point. Like, you'll see a Mexican who's like getting ready for work. I go to the <clears throat> I go to the gas station every morning to like get energy drink and stuff like that. And it's all these day laborers out there. And like their shit is all fucked up. Like they've had the same pair. It's not even docs, man. It's like, you know, the ripoff version or whatever. But like they look, uh, I don't know. I love Mexican culture. I lived in El Paso for a while and, you know, my wife's Mexican and shit. So I've been around them. The Mexicans for... be lit, bro. Dude, Mexicans are tight. They, um, they have that kind of understanding. Like I, Mexicans aren't precious. And I know that's like a broad statement. It might come off as kind of racist like to, to be like hey mexicans are this way because of course there are going to be some who are kind of precious but largely they like they'll make fun of you if you're like that <laughs> they'll be like why do you care so much about like what your shit looks like come eat food drink beer chill oh they get fly though they do get fly but they they, get fun. They get the fly craziest parties i've been to is like dude the craziest parties i've been to have actually been uh mexican wakes right for funerals like that shit gets yeah. so crazy Food is good. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's uh, you have to you have to pace yourself. There was one time I was uh, I was at one of my wife's. Uh, I was visiting her great grandma in Los Angeles, and uh, I went to a party. It was her grandma's 99th birthday, and some you know third cousin uncle whatever i was up at the at the open bar i was just gonna get a corona or some shit and this dude had a a frosted mug full of tequila and he was like you want one of these i was like well when in rome so i did that and bro i woke up the next morning in a house in east la laying on the floor my cheek stuck to the floor with like five chihuahuas crawling on me and i was like oh I'm glad your cheeks this. were on the floor, bro. I'm glad your cheeks <laughs> were stuck to the floor. Because it sounds like you don't know what happened. I have no idea what happened. I have no idea what happened. Apparently, I danced. I got the story later. I was dancing, which is not a good scene. But, you know, a little bit of liquor. It'll happen. Okay. Yeah, I've been to clubs where, with David where Rios goes out and cuts a rug and he just he does the stand in the corner and nod thing like, yeah, this is great. She's in her element. This is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody wants to see me. Nobody wants to see me dance, bro. Nobody wants to see me dance. I promise. Well, you use the phrase cut a rug. He certainly Yeah. Did. Yeah. You, you see, said that. You said that. I was, I'm, not, I'm acknowledging that. I was raised by some <laughs> grandparents, you know, we, we lived, we lived with some grandparents different times in my life. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. I so, like so here yeah. at the, here at the kind of tail end of the show, um, do we have uh, favorite moments from Akira? I like the Akira slide. I watched Nope recently, the Jordan Peele movie. Uh, Kiki Palmer does a Akira slide okay. in the movie. The Akira so, slide is, is prevalent. Yeah, yeah, it's an iconic, uh, iconic moment. Um, but how about the rest of y'all? Some favorite Akira moments. Uh, I kind of like the the motorcycle fight scene at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, the clowns. It just it sets the tone. Um, you know, I, I think the Dark Knight actually was influenced by that a little bit. I like that uh, motorcycle slide. Yeah, when he's fighting the clowns. I like when he's my, my favorite joint was when he was fighting his man. Yeah. Yeah. That that was that was that was the big that was a, a a big scene to me, you know what I'm saying? Especially, you know, the fact that of this man like 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 you said, he all he had, he had a he always had a chip on his shoulder, you know what I'm saying? And the minute yeah. he realized he had power, you know what I'm saying? Now it's time to address, you know, the fact that I, you know, you you've been bossing me around. I feel like you've been bossing me around. You know what I'm saying? It it changed the perspective of to me. It changes the perspective of of villains, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, he he was just a, a kid that they came up fucked up, and 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 was the underdog, you know what I'm saying? The minute he got some, remind me of uh, uh, y'all ever watched the movie The, the Chronicles? Oh. The Chronicles. Oh, where they got it's the kids with the powers, right? The yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 you know, you look back into this little this boy life, you know what I'm saying? He's always being picked on, fucked up by his stepfather, by you know, everybody, you know what I'm saying? And he gets he gets that power, man. He he gets that uh that 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 God complex, you know, the, the apex predator. Like now I'm I'm gonna address everything that that that's been wrong in my life. And and you know, is that you know what I'm saying? Like like it it it, it to me. It seems, you know what I'm saying? Like it seems fair. So it, it it turns, it makes it villains ain't aren't just you know good and evil to me. You know what I'm saying? Like like they're regular regular people that that had their lives and, and came up and made a decision that's not looked at as as right by everybody else. But you know what I'm saying? It, yeah, it's most right. of the best villains are relatable. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? It, it takes it it it's that gray area. You know what I'm saying? That 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 everybody really plays in for real for real because nothing's either white or black you know what i'm saying you either this super god that that fights for for good and you're fighting against the forces of evil but in reality you know what i'm saying it's 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 it's, it's the kid that got tired of being picked on and, and, and went and beat the shit out of everybody you know what i'm saying that yeah. just so right then and there you weren't you aren't beating the shit out of him you know crazy but I, I I love that you know I I love that scene uh, you know what I'm saying I, that was my favorite part you know what I'm saying where they they were they literally were fighting and um you know what I'm saying he uh he when he shot him you know what I'm saying and thought his mm-hmm. thought his he thought his gun the first thing he did when he he went hurt was he thought the batteries was fucked up in his gun you know what I'm saying nah man he yeah. was right there. it was it was fearless yeah <laughs> so yeah Looking that was that my- monstrosity mm-hmm. 
yeah that whole last 30 minutes is, is like the the bet well this this movie has great bookends like that opening seems like everybody's favorite is the opening and the ending because mm -hmm. it just it sets the pace it's cool and then at the end it's like so much emotion and like intensity and ferocity and like i, I could go ahead wasn't 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 it a book didn't it start out a book yeah yeah it was a book a graphic novel yeah yeah see i bet you that joint's intense oh yeah anybody anybody read the, read the book now nah, see this is where i'm supposed to come in and be like i read the book but i'm uh i'm out of there <laughs> yeah I, I didn't read it i didn't read it either looks good though yeah, I think I think uh and I and I and the crazy thing, you know what I'm saying, you know how all books are always better than you know what I'm saying than the movies, you know. So if this movie is this this groundbreaking, it's good, you know what I'm saying? I definitely I definitely gotta find the book. I, I, yeah, I for sure. I used to do the graphic novels when I was younger, but something that, you know, uh, like like my man said, when you start being a parent, you know what I'm saying? A lot of things you used to do kind of go to the back seat of what you what you're doing now, you know, and what you're spending your money on. But but talking to you guys, man, and, and just sitting, you know what I'm saying, reminiscing on this movie, it I definitely need to need to go get the book and see just just a lot of the insights and a lot of the um, you know, what connects. The, what's connecting the stories you know the, the the little things that that we you can't you can't put in a movie yeah, yeah books are, are more lived in worlds i feel like you're supposed to spend so much more time with them than mm -hmm. a two-hour movie you internalize it better you internalize it yeah you can engage there's like a psychic connection to it because um i thought about this a lot with the fluidity of the berserk manga like it's it's on paper right like it's drawn and it's not yeah. like move it's not moving images but the fights in berserk feel so fluid that like none of the anime has been able to capture like how if even the like moving technology cannot capture how the book feels and i think that's because your imagination is like mm. hyperactive whenever you're reading something like that and so you can see it like so much clearer on top of that, you're literally watching, uh, like you're you're watching a Michael Jordan drawing. That's a special artist making that movement happen. Hundred percent. That's a Van Gogh. Mm -hmm. Every page of that is is a you know a Picasso. Hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of books, uh, David, what do you want to tell the people about Ghost Beast Baltimore? pitch pitch it spoil the whole thing whatever you want to do tell them why they should go cop this book besides i told them so man definitely because you told me so definitely because you told me so but um no man this is my first book you know what i'm saying um i wrote short stories i write short stories put some of them joints out but this is my first book it's pretty cool if you like horror and crime and fucked up shit, but also if you like touching shit, maybe learn a little bit about Baltimore and like housing covenants and redlining and gentrification type shit. And then also have like some like cults and like guns and shit, you know, 
that type of stuff. And uh, nice, I'm gonna go check that know, out. Yeah, and, and just to let y'all know, man. You know what I'm saying? Anybody that don't uh, don't know him personally, uh, know him personally, he's a pretty fucked up guy. Damn, bro. You know <laughs> pretty Honestly. fucked up guy, man. He's, you know what I'm saying? He's now nah, he's a, he's he's a he's a great friend. You know what I'm saying? Even better brother. You know what I'm saying? But it, but this guy's fucked up. Like I, you know what I'm saying? We grew up together. Has been, you know, I've known him since he was young, and um. It, the things he thinks about is on another level, you know what I'm saying? Where everybody's thinking about, you know, everybody's thinking about the whatever the main shit is. He's thinking about some old other fucked up shit way beyond whatever the fuck you thinking about. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to give you guys. We need those, we need those in society. It, listen, I'm going to give you a quick example, right? So, so you know, we, we watch scary shit, you know what I'm saying? And we like, you know, this shit's scary. You know, me? I, I was, I, I didn't like, when I was young, I was scared of Candyman because he came in the hood. I lived in the, I lived in the hood. I grew up, you know what I'm saying? I grew up in DC. So I lived in the hood. So to see this, this, this man with this crazy ass voice come up, you know what I'm saying? Hitting people with hooks, but he's in the projects. Shit, shit tore me up. You know what I'm saying? Dave, David, you know, he don't think about the, the murderers and the killers. That don't scare him at all. You know what scares him? fucking tooth decay having a fucking <laughs> because it was a time where you know saying people you know you died over your teeth like you realized that you died you know so so imagine having a having something a tooth a tooth problem you know what I'm saying you don't get it checked out when you're supposed to and next thing you know you done died over over something over just your teeth and it's like god damn i never even fucking thought of this shit you don't even think about you gotta give them some background on that bro that's because the people we hang around bro we got somebody who was in our crew who like got hit up and didn't take care of his injury and then they had to take his leg and you you was the one who just told me he was just like oh you know so and so he ain't got a leg no more and that shit scare me, man. That shit scary ain't shit. Imagine, <laughs> imagine you get hit up off some beef shit. You slide and it's like, all right, I'm good. You go to a hood nurse or some shit like that, but that your leg just start getting eaten up. And then one day you pass out off the perks and you wake up and you in therapy trying to learn how to walk without a leg. Bro, that's yeah. terrifying. And that shit, that shit happened. So you don't want, you put them thoughts. You put them thoughts because you told me he, he lost a leg and then same thing, people be dying off tooth decay, gangsters in the street style, tooth decay, bro. Yeah. Shit crazy. It goes See to that? your brain. Like an, uh, an impacted and, tooth can lead to an infection that, that and, and kills it, your That's brain. biological. That's, that goes back generations. But hey, y'all, I got to get out of here. I'm uh, going right, to talk to y'all later, man. I, was, I appreciate y'all having me on again. Thank you, guys. It was All nice right. talking to y'all. I yeah, appreciate man. what's happening on, man. You be easy. Yes, sir. Thank y'all. But yeah, yeah, bro, I ain't scared of no beef. I ain't scared of no monsters. I ain't scared of no ops, none of that shit. Bro, but man, when them tooth decay or them, them afterward injuries get you because you don't take care of your body, whoa, that shit crazy. You know, and, and that right there is what I'm talking about. Like, he thinks, he thinks things on a whole nother level past just regular, what, you know, what, every, what the masses are thinking. That's why you should buy his book. 
You feel what I'm saying? Because if you want to hear some real fucked up shit and, and some shit that you probably didn't even, you know, that puts your mind on another level and a shit you need to look out for because it's out here, buy his book. I 100% cosign. I think that's what makes David such a great writer is that attention, that like obsession on minute details and consequences of things like that and things you've never, ever thought of before. And, uh, and also the monsters, like in a world where there are monsters and mech suits and all this kind of stuff, like there, there's going to be shit like tooth decay. There's going to be shit like, you know, drug dealers that, the chitinous integument. Yeah. Oh, the worst. And that's what it gets you. It's the little things that get you. It's the little things that that break your armor and they just start peeling away till like all the solder points break. Everything fall apart. That's what take you out. Just I guess on some uh was it Al, Cap- Al Capone got taken out for tax evasion? Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, David Bergowitz got taken out because of a parking ticket by the scene of the crime, right? Mm-hmm. That's what gets you slip up, bro. And it'd be the killers. It'd be the killers we know who catch a little hit up, little injury, and then they wake up without a leg or they that tooth that hit them in the head. That's the stuff that scares me. I try to put it into the book because to me, those are the creeping horrors. The creeping horrors to me, the ones that sit with you mm-hmm. are like, poverty and food deserts and and being like in that situation and then trying to get out of it can be horrifying until you get out of it like and I don't speak from a point of like uh of like glorifying something I don't know anything about I've been in I've been in my own experiences you feel me so I can speak from that point but but yeah, that's that's the stuff that's scary to me. Scary to me. Scary like uh like I got a wife and a daughter and they're beautiful and I love them and all I do is write and make money and try to keep my family together. But like imagine going back to how life was like shit, like speaking freely. Bruh, when I met you, I was coming out of youth offender joint. Mm-hmm. And you, I had come out of youth offender joint and I was doing my music shit and you had just come out of the joint. Yeah, I just got out of jail. Right. Matter of fact, that was like my second day out. Yeah, when we met. So, you know, like imagine going back to that. That's terrifying. To me, Desert thing is real too. I went to Baltimore to do a reading once and uh, I was, <clears throat> I was just looking for cigarettes and bro, it took me like I had to drive through blocks and blocks and blocks of just like dudes sitting on stoops. And I was like, where the fuck do they sell cigarettes, let alone food in this neighborhood? It was the crazy like Baltimore will always stick out in my mind for the food desert thing. Like there's no I was, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, these guys got, have got to walk a mile just to like buy some fucking Doritos or corn nuts or some shit like that, let alone food. Like there's that, nothing out here. That shit is so bad for you. It's the shit that give you the hypertension and the hypoglycemia and diabetes and all that shit. 
and then you can't afford your your insulin and and now you're getting sick and you rationing your insulin that's mm-hmm. that's horror to me horror yeah. to me is you out on the streets selling dope to get your insulin money mm-hmm. Shit. i i had a i had a tattoo shop in baltimore i owned a shop in baltimore during the freddie gray riots you know y'all, <laughs> y'all about something crazy imagine like a movie I'm, I had a tattoo shop in DC and I had one in Baltimore. I was in my DC, I was in my DC shop when I was called to, to, and notified about the riots going on. So I literally had to jump in my car and drive to Baltimore during the riots. Every car was leaving out of Baltimore. My car was the only car on um, 895 going into Baltimore. And I, and, I, and I just remember talking to myself while doing it, it was like, to be the craziest motherfucker out to be the only car driving into Baltimore while everybody else is trying to uh, vacate that joint. It felt like it Escape, felt like yeah, yeah. It, it felt like one of the apocalypse joints, and I was like a and, I was, and yeah, and I was the I was the uh, I was you know what I'm saying I was the, uh, the the good guy on it coming to protect everything. But man, when I got into Baltimore, it was, it was wild, man. It was it it shit man that shit was crazy they had a they had a whole car and by my shop they had a whole car somebody drove their car directly into the pawn shop but to try to bust in the pawn shop right but the way the gates were when they drove their car into the pawn shop they pushed the gates into the door so they couldn't open the door to the pawn shop they had to ditch the car it was just it was just crazy man it was crazy like something off a movie freddie freddie gray was the one where they put him in the van they did yes. that thing where they like they 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 drive reckless, but he doesn't have a seatbelt on. He's handcuffed, so he's like slamming into shit. The story is that they put him in the back of the van. They did not restrain him. The reason they stopped him was for I think child support. He had a court warrant. He ran. They put him in the van without securing him. They drove wild. He got fucked up. It killed him. The police all got charged and none of them are doing any time right now at yeah. all. Yeah, because if you put somebody in the back of a van and you drive crazy, you can break their neck, all kinds of shit. Right. Definitely. Awesome child support shit. I mean, take care of your kids, okay, but, you know. He ain't had to die over that. He ain't had to die for that shit. For sure. Too much, all right. man. It all right. got rid people walking down the street with cinder blocks. Yeah, man. Yeah. Flipping up police cars. I was in Oakland, California when it happened, and I was talking to you on the phone. I wasn't even on this coast. I, I just drive. Yeah, you yeah, you had to be. I had to be. You told me to arm myself. Yeah. So but yeah, man. So yeah, man, and all of that, you know what I'm saying? With all of that being said, you know, the subject of of, of the book, you know what I'm saying, is always going to because anybody that's been Baltimore that's not from Baltimore knows that, you know what I'm saying, Baltimore is pretty wild. It's pretty different and, and unique in a lot of different, a lot of different manners. You know what I'm saying? You know, also it's, it's interesting though, because like after the Freddie Gray riots and like, you'll see if you read my book, you, you do. And just like the movie Akira, like, when disaster happens, you do rebuild from it, you know? Like right now in Baltimore, you have an area called Harbor East and um, there's a company called Warhorse, and it's 
owned by the brother of the dude who owns Under Armour. And they're from Baltimore, you feel me? And they've invested a huge amount of money into this part of the harbor. So it's about to be all, you know, gentrified and Neo, shiny. Neo it's, about, it's about to be Neo Baltimore. Neo Baltimore. And, and don't worry, it's going to have no wabi-sabi. Not a bit of wabi-sabi, I promise you. There'll be a, a perfectly immaculate cheesecake factory. Right, <laughs> right in the middle of a hard rock cafe or some bullshit like that. Yeah. It'll be right there for you next to a Buffalo Wild Wings, one of them too. Yeah, housing development that's called like, you know, The Loft or something yes. like that. The Loft. Right. <laughs> Towers in the harbor. With the full gym. <laughs> In concierge yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And they go change the name from Harbor East. They're going to change it to like, you know, one of them acronym names. You know, like some... Soto Sopa. Yeah, exactly. Of, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So just like Akira, you, you rebuild from it. Neo Tokyo, Neo Baltimore. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you both for your time. This has been a banger episode. Every time we do this, I'm like, oh, damn, that's the best episode. And uh, nothing's changed here. I'm like, okay, this is our best episode. So uh, so th thank you. Oh, man, seriously. Yeah. And if y'all have in D.C. area, man, make sure y'all come to Top Dog Tattoos. You know, we got two locations, one located in Capitol Heights, one located in Hillcrest Heights. Check us out on Instagram at Top Dog Tattoos. And man, come on, drop through, man. Come do it. You know what I'm saying? We continue the conversation. I got a special as an anime. So, you know what I'm saying? Come on through. Come get some of this love. I will yeah. do that because if I go to visit my, my sister and my aunt live in Woodbridge, Virginia. So okay. it's it's not too far of a drive. They're like, like my grandma's uh, retirement was in uh, Dumfries. It's all Northern Virginia, right? Yeah. So. I'll pull through. And look, you guys, if y'all listening to this right here, all y'all got to do is come mention my man's, come mention this podcast, man. I may, um, I'll definitely give y'all twenty percent off any tattoos or any piercings that y'all trying God, to get it off. Damn, I got, I got love for y'all, man. That's a deal. Holy yeah. shit! Oh yeah, agitator sponsored by Top Dog Tattoo. <laughs> yeah, promo promo code agitator. Yeah, um, if yeah. you're listening to this, everybody listening to this right now, and come through. Come through the tattoo shop if you're on the East Coast. I know the show has listeners all over. So mm -hmm. come, you know. All right, I'm gonna come up there and get a uh, get one of the the snow cone that's on the cover of your book. I'm gonna get that tattooed, like yeah, you gotta get snowball. The snowball. I'm gonna get it on my hip or something, and uh, when I come up there to do some kind of reading or something. Yes, yes, we gotta make it happen. Broken right, ribbons, yes, man. Broken River. That's it. <laughs>